Hello and welcome to the Sage of Strength podcast. My name is Tapsi and I'm your esoteric guide, podcaster, tarot reader, and all-round cool girl. Self-proclaimed cool girl, but cool girl nonetheless. Um, many of us here are on our different spiritual paths, spiritual journeys, whether that looks like personal development, whether that looks like religion and spirituality, or whether it is just a quest to have the questions on your mind answered, this journey is, it can look a lot alike for all of us, despite the different routes that we travel to get there. And today I want to share some of the biggest lessons I've learned on my own path, and I know that that will intersect with yours. Why? Because you're right here, listening to me. So I know that we are connected in the same web. I know that we are in the same frequency. And the hope and the aim is to keep evolving in that frequency, reaching higher places, reaching better places, reaching eternal places. And I hope that as I share some of my lessons and part of my journey, you really get get excited to be on your own journey as well, right? Whether it's going good, whether it's going bad, your journey is strictly yours. Remember that life is happening for you, not to you. It's not an attack. So how can you be present with your life right now and use that to create what you're truly desiring? So today's episode is going to be super interesting, as they all are, and I'd love to hear back from you. What's your journey like? What's going on with you? What questions are most plaguing your mind? You can find me on Instagram at sageofstrength, or send me an email at sageofstrength at gmail.com. Send me your stuff. I'd love to read it and love to get in touch with you. So when I was thinking about the lessons I'd learned, I was low-key almost overwhelmed because where do I start from? We learn every day, right? So how do I like how do I narrow that down? But I tried to think of the biggest lessons and I was able to narrow it down to five. So I want to share those five lessons with you, what it's like on my journey. And yeah, the first major lesson. I've learned on my spiritual journey is sort of like the foundation, really. And it's interesting because to come up with these things, I actually did some journaling. Well, you would know that. You you wouldn't find it surprising that I did journaling. I am obsessed with journaling. I do it a lot. And in fact, there's a whole episode of, um, there's a whole other episode just about journaling. So please check that out after this one so that you if it's something you're not familiar with you get to know the power that there is in journaling so yeah um i journaled it down and it's so interesting how the way i journaled like the way the points came up as i was journaling is literally how it happened so it it was from the lessons are from stage to stage like there are certain lessons it would have been, I would say, impossible for me to learn if I didn't have the lesson prior to that, right? So really understanding how life is happening for you helps bring that perspective that everywhere you are is where you're supposed to be. Any place you are is a place you can learn from, a place you can grow from, a place you can evolve from. And like seeing the way the points just came out was just like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. That makes sense. So the first lesson that I learned and what was the foundation for all the lessons that came after was that I'm not alone. I am not alone. And it seems so simple. It is simple, in fact, but that simplicity holds a lot of power. And the reason that this lesson was so, so important and so powerful for me was because, as with many spiritual awakenings and journeys, I was feeling very out of it. I was feeling very disconnected from the world I'd come to know. And 
it was it was so weird for me because naturally i'm the type of person who needs solitude i adore my solitude like even when i was a child alone time was a thing for me right like i always needed that space to be just with myself to play just by myself to read by myself to think by myself to be by myself like even if i'm not doing anything just that space where you can hold your own energy solitude is fantastic i love it recommend it to everyone but at this stage in my life or rather at the stage in my life that i'm talking about it shifted from solitude to loneliness and there's a thin line right but i crossed that line without even knowing it became such a crippling loneliness and the worst part is that i i started identifying myself with that because it's not a bad thing necessarily to be lonely life is full of stages and transitions and nothing is permanent so loneliness is necessary for you to also feel the joy of togetherness but that loneliness because i chose to identify myself with it i couldn't let it pass by so it's okay to feel lonely on some days but then when the opportunity presents itself for you to be with other people to be together you take it and then life goes on right but because i had identified myself with it even when opportunities were presented for me to connect to be with other people to learn from other people i refused it because i had latched on to the idea that i was lonely and a lot of this was happening subconsciously by the way a lot of it does like i i wouldn't have like right now i am saying it in an almost intellectual way but at the time i was experiencing it like you couldn't come and tell me oh yeah you're lonely like i said it's a thin line and i didn't know when i had crossed it so in my mind i was just still doing my own thing i was just you know doing my normal solitude thing and when i began to see the detrimental effects of my loneliness what i did was ignore it what i did was pretend it wasn't there because it felt so horrible it felt terrible it felt heartbreaking to be lonely it felt so miserable to be that lonely and i didn't i didn't want to have to feel that so i i avoided it i pretended it wasn't there and that was a big thing for me at this time another thing that i was going through another issue i had was that i wasn't feeling heard by anybody i was in a place where i i was giving a lot of myself to my friends when it came to listening right like if you needed someone to talk to someone who would just listen and hold space for you i was that person i would be there i would put all my attention on you all my focus in listening to what you have to say and i would do so with an energy where some people when you're talking to them they want to just give instant advice they want to just fix the problem but the kind of person i am like it came naturally to me to know when to hold space when to give advice so really i would say i'm the perfect listener right like if you have an issue or whatever you'd come to me i would listen to you i would first of all make you feel comfortable enough like everything about my energy would make you feel comfortable enough to lay your heart bare and as you laid your heart i would then discern okay what is it you're needing is it a hug right now do you need physical touch to help you feel a bit more stable to help you get things out do you need some water or do you need me to just sit there and listen to you talk do you need me to give you advice point you into a direction that you know i think was best all these things so i i saw myself doing a lot of that for my friends for my family and i felt like none of that was being given to me and it hurt like hell it hurt like hell for me i really felt worthless it made me feel worthless it made me feel like i wasn't important because i gave so much space to people because i thought they were important 
I thought that things that they were going through were important. Whether it was big or small, it was important. It was valid. So when I wasn't being treated in the same way, I thought that automatically meant that all these people that claim to love me do not think I am important. They don't think my problems or my issues are important. That's why they don't want to listen. So it was a very hurtful thing for me to go through. And like it just made me close my heart on all angles. It's like, okay, fine. If I'm not important to anybody, fine. I'll just be important to only myself and just stick to my own things and be fine by myself and be okay on my own and fuck everybody else. I don't need anyone. I can do this all by myself. I'm on my own. It's okay. That's what I decided for myself. And the only problem with that. Is that it was destroying my soul is that it made me feel hopeless it made me feel like love was not for me it made me feel like love and patience and listening and holding space some people in this life are born to get it and others are born not to and I was just part of the people that are born not to it's it's really sad <laughs> to think about like myself at that time and it's also funny to see how much of a contrast there is because now my heart is so open and keeps growing wider because I know there is infinite love and abundance everywhere. The creator has given this to us freely, naturally, it is inherent. So such a contrast and such a huge, huge lesson. And it took me a lot of time to get from that place of feeling like I am the only one that can be there for me to knowing that there is infinite love and abundance, right? And for me, the way this showed up was when I hit rock bottom, I decided that I didn't want to keep choosing to be hopeless. I decided that it didn't feel good at all. I decided that more than it not feeling good, I wanted to feel better. I didn't want to be miserable all the time. I didn't want to have to draw away from people and conversations all the time. I didn't want to have to hide my tears and lie to myself that I wasn't feeling lonely, that I wasn't angry, that I wasn't hurt. Because that was, by lying to myself, I was able to keep away the pain for a while. And a lot of us do this, right? It's, it's a defense mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. We all want to feel safe. We all want to feel protected. So, for me, ignoring all those feelings and avoiding all that pain was my way of protecting myself. But I couldn't do it forever. It's not sustainable. If there is ever something you're running away from in your own life, know that it will catch up to you. That's the essence of shadow work. Confronting those shadows so that they don't keep growing bigger. The more you avoid things, the more you keep things at bay, the bigger they grow and the easier it is for them to strangle you. At this time, I was so easily triggered by almost anything honestly like it's funny to think about now but like sometimes when I was forced to be like in certain conversations or in certain rooms somebody would say something totally innocent and it would immediately trigger me and at first I dealt well with it right like I would just shrug shrug it away I would ignore it but then it came to a point where immediately I was triggered I'd feel my eyes I'd feel tears like pouring out of my eyes and I would literally have to run from the room like I would literally have to stand up from the um, stand up where from where I am leave the people I'm talking to so that I could go and cry and it was like what this is not sustainable am I going to be having to run to the bathroom to cry every time somebody says something something that is they're just saying it like this is casual conversation, but because of my own issues, it, it sends a completely different signal to my brain and I, I interpret it completely differently. Am I going to keep on living like this? 
am I really going to? So never understand, um, never underestimate the power of choice. That's where it started for me. I chose to not feel that way all the time. I chose to decide that, you know what? I don't like this anymore. This is not working anymore. This coping mechanism, this loneliness, this grief, this bitterness, this anger, this hurt, this feeling of worthlessness. I don't want to feel it anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't. I was lying to myself that it's okay to feel these things because it's whatever. Like, it's fine. She we're all living life. Life is made to be miserable anyway. So it's whatever if I'm miserable. It's whatever if I wake up every day feeling like shit. It's fine. And can you, can you even hear the tone in that? What a lie. What a lie. And human beings, we're so strong. We're so able to lie to ourselves. And it is both fortunate and unfortunate that we are able to do so. But once I recognized that I'd been lying to myself and I decided that I don't want to feel those things anymore, I was able to hear the quiet voice of God, the quiet voice of spirit, the quiet knocking on the door saying, hey, here I am, I'm your God. I am your father, I am your mother, I am infinite love. Here I am. I've been knocking. Let me in. If you are listening to this right now and you feel like there is nobody for you, that no one can understand you, that God is a lie and that we can find no comfort, I want you to know that you can if you decide to. There's this... um. I think it's a poem or something and I'm so sorry I can't remember who it's by but it and I'm paraphrasing but it says something like I I kept on searching and searching for God and when I found God I realized that it was God and not I who was looking for me and I feel this is very true talking to a number of people about their spiritual experiences when that search for god begins you get to like relax at a certain point and realize oh my goodness i was the one choosing to be blind i was the one choosing not to listen i was the one not paying attention because these things have been right in front of me you know it's very cliche when you watch movies especially like romance movies and stuff and it's like oh the person that they truly love was like right there all the time super cliche but cliche for a reason right a lot of the times we do not realize the power love and sound mind that is inherently within us and around us i truly hope that you are encouraged to seek yourself seek god and seek others as well i decided to choose hope instead of hopelessness and i found it (laughs) can you not see that when you seek you truly do find if you are looking for misery you will find it if you are looking for hopelessness you will find it and very quickly and easily might i add but if you are looking for love if you are looking for joy and peace understanding and clarity best believe that you will find that as well so be watchful of what you are looking at be watchful for what you are seeking the second lesson i learned was honesty and this was such a big one for me Because like I just said, like I was literally lying to myself, right? And how many of us lie to ourselves? We all do. We all do. We all lie to ourselves at some point in time. And here's the thing. For me, it was almost funny. Because like I said, I was somebody who was naturally drawn to solitude. And in most moments of solitude, what's happening is very internal, right? So like... um. I would say about 70% of solitude, like even though it can always involve like other activities and stuff, I would say a large percentage of it is introspection. But here's the thing, introspection without honesty and grace 
is a lie that builds turmoil. It literally is. I think it's very important to be honest with yourself and also honest with yourself with grace. The reason I think grace is important is because honesty can sometimes be brutal. Honesty can sometimes be sad. Honesty can sometimes look pessimistic. It's like, oh, wow. I've been honest, but this whole thing, like all the things I've put out, this looks really bad, TBH. Like, is this the actual situation? Jesus Christ. So it can be pessimistic. It can be scary. It can be a whole lot of things. So that grace is necessary for you to say that, okay, this is it now, but everything is temporary. Nothing lasts forever, right? This too shall pass. So knowing that life is transient, you get to see that situation and know that you have the power of alchemy. You have the power of transformation. So it doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how ugly it is. It doesn't matter how depressing it is. If you decide that you no longer want that, you have the free will and energy given by God to change that. How powerful is that? I love it. I actually absolutely love it. So there's a lot of space for you to forgive yourself for the mistakes you might have made. Forgive yourself for the things that you did not know. Forgive yourself for the things you knew but couldn't act upon. Forgive yourself for a lack of courage, a lack of bravery, a lack of power, a lack of love. Forgive yourself for all those things and also be courageous enough to step up to whatever is required to make the decision you've made manifest, right? So it's like, okay, I've been honest with myself. Okay, step one, great, good, good. Honesty, love that. But the situation I've been honest about is horrible. It's scary, oh my God. You allow yourself to feel the fear, feel the shame, feel the guilt, feel everything. And then say, okay, I don't want this. I don't want this. This looks trash and I don't want this. So what do I want? You decide on that. And then when you make that decision, you begin to pay attention to your beliefs and reprogram yourself so that the new beliefs you accommodate will be beliefs that will support your decision. So once you're in the process of reprogramming, you're able to embody it and whatever outcome you're seeking comes so much more naturally. And wow, wow. How crazy is that? That is the world we live in, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let anybody tell you that this world is meant for despair and suffering alone. Those are only some parts of life. What about the rest? Everything must contain its opposite. And everything you focus on expands. So which do you prefer? Where are you going to let your pendulum swing to? The idea that we have no control over our lives is a lie. It's a lie to keep us powerless. You already have the power. Like, truly, humanity has been gifted with so much. Free will and energy being some of the greatest, in my opinion. That's why anybody can literally do anything. Like, think of any situation. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. That thing is possible. Why? Because we have free will and energy. So what are you using your free will and energy to to do? Are you using it to create something that you don't want? Or are you using it to create something that you do want? So honesty was really such a huge one for me. Like I said, um, at that time I was somebody who was naturally dismissive avoidant. It's like if I can shrug this off, if I can pretend it's not here, if I can play it small, make it seem like not as important as it is, if I can avoid it, that was the solution for me. It's like, yes, not a problem anymore. You're not on my mind. You know, I'd lie to myself that I don't care. And I'll just say, I don't care. It's whatever, Mm, whatever, 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 whatever. But it wasn't really whatever. (laughs) It wasn't whatever at all, at all. 
so it, it took a lot of balls for me to be honest about my reality and also to be honest about what I actually desired. You know, there's this programming that a lot of us tend to have that our desires are wrong. How can I want this thing? How can this be something that is coming up in my mind, right? For a lot of us, this might have to do with money or love or our careers or family anything really it could be anything but it's it's almost like it's like we when we desire something it's like where am i getting this audacity from for me to want this you know it's like who am i to desire this thing who you are is a being created by the creator who you are is someone that has been given an in, internal guidance system to find our continuous and um, our continuously evolving purpose. There's a lot of talk in like the spiritual community about purpose, finding your purpose, 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 purpose. We hear so much of it, but we're often not taught about how purpose evolves. Why wouldn't it? You are a dynamic being, so why would your purpose not evolve as well? If you were doing something 10 years ago, your purpose might not be that same thing in the next 15 years. It could be a step higher. It could be a ladder higher. It doesn't, like, allow yourself to know that um, things can change. <laughs> so, so it's okay to have the desires that you do and... It's okay that the desires you have change. It's okay that they seem so out of reach, right? Um, uh, there's a quote by Victoria Washington. Yes, by Victoria Washington. And I'm paraphrasing, but um, she said something like, God is not looking for people that are ready. God is not looking for people that are perfect. He's looking for people that are committed. And I found that so powerful right because think of all the examples you could possibly think of about um prophets prophets or characters in the bible or the quran or other religions that you know like god just calls them like hey you're gonna do this and it's like what i'm not going to do that i literally can't and it's like okay but you are though because i have chosen you to and it's like okay god i trust you let's do this and you learn so many lessons on your way. But see, you are carrying a seed that God gave you. So that seed, when planted, it has it is it is heavenly fruit. So you're really carrying immense power by following your desire. That's why when it comes to having a vision for yourself, know that that vision is not coming from nowhere. Know that it's important for you to look at that vision and follow through it because it was given just to you. How cool is that? It was given just to you. If it wasn't given just to you, somebody else would be seeing it and somebody else would be doing it, but it was given to you. So never fear the things you desire. Instead, use it as a compass to see where it is you can go. And it can be hard. Humanity hates simplicity. <laughs> That's the conclusion I've come to. Humanity hates simplicity. So sometimes these things are so simple and we have a million and one questions. We want to know how. We want to see the full picture. But I can assure you that it is easier to start at the step you are in. Yeah, like just trust. Trust the step you are in and know that everything else has already been sorted. I really love... um the idea that you know god feeds the birds and the fish so why would he not take care of me i really love that i really love that um bible verse it's just so comforting it's like duh duh <laughs> he's taking care of birds of course i'm taken care of of course so oh this derailed a little bit from honesty but i felt that all of that was important to say but yeah, honesty was a big one because when I was honest, I was more able to see 
things clearly and when you are not lying about the facts when you're not lying about the feelings when you're not lying you get to work with what you truly have it's it's like if you're going to the doctor for instance if he's asking you about symptoms and you lie about something he's gonna give you or she's gonna give you medication that won't actually solve your problem so if indeed you want to evolve from where you are you want to move from where you currently are that honesty is super super important don't lie to yourself be honest be honest with yourself be honest with other people when necessary and know that because you have done so the right solutions will appear and i also get like another phrase that i really love is when the student is ready the master appears so don't wait for when things are perfect to be honest do it right now like do it right now there's literally no time to waste do it right now so that when you are honest with yourself even if you don't know how things are going to be fixed god will be the one shifting things it's like if you've read the book the alchemist right like the universe conspires literally conspires i can't even count the amount of times that this has happened to me where i prepare myself just internally i haven't done any external work i haven't done any logical mental work i haven't done any preparation but then everything comes prepared for me i get to just walk through wow wow truly mind-blowing and for me these are the things that truly keep me on the path i'm on like just seeing how easy it is seeing how powerful it is seeing how full of love it is it truly keeps me going it truly keeps me going like i get so many confirmations and it's just like okay <laughs> okay okay i'm on the right path i'm doing okay i'm doing all right this thing is real is real it really is of course it's natural to doubt ourselves and to wonder man what the fuck is even this universe what is this earth what is this reality of course please in fact i even encourage you to doubt yeah yeah if you have doubts have them have them with your whole mind like they are valid they are valid but don't what i would say is that even though i encourage you to have doubts i will not encourage you to have them at the cost of your sanity really like if you are doubting and asking many questions that don't serve you that aren't moving your pin forward then stay where like stay with what actually serves you right so um god for instance is largely a personal experience all of us experience god personally and those who truly seek god that is we all experience god personally and of course there are questions if you come from a religious from a religious background tens of millions of thousands of hundreds of billions of questions if you come from a non-religious background tens of millions of thousands of hundreds of billions of questions right but there will be questions that you receive answers to and it's like okay i understand this this makes sense this sensation i'm feeling feels good it feels all right it feels solid that's a good place to be but if the question you're asking is not serving you if the questions you're asking are drawing you farther away from what you have intended then i say drop it for now you can pick it back up another time but remember that what you focus on expands if you focus so much on the fact that the question you're asking has no answer or the answer is too mind-boggling and you can't deal with it it's just going to grow bigger and then paralysis happens so in a spiritual journey it's a journey it's meant to be fluid it's meant to be moving so instead of staying stuck i encourage you to stay where um the needle can move then of course with honesty with yourself also comes with honesty with other people and this is this can be this can be so scary 
because we're in a world where being vulnerable is seen as largely a bad thing. But vulnerability is actually when when you are coming from an evolved space, vulnerability is a space of power. It's a place of power because you are no you know that you are ready for anything that comes your way. Since healing and transforming and reaching where I am today, I have only discovered how powerful vulnerability is and I have never regretted being vulnerable in alignment. One huge thing that um, I hear a lot when I talk to people about vulnerability is that they assume that it means being vulnerable with absolutely anybody in any situation. No, no, no. So I practice what I like to call aligned vulnerability. Being vulnerable and honest with another human being is a very intimate thing. So you should present or have this intimacy in alignment. And what do I mean by that? Have this in a space that is safe. And by safe, it's not like, oh, you know, this person would never do this. So it's like you're okay. It's not coming from like, um, it's not coming from this space of fear, I would say. It's more coming from, it's important for me to share this right now. And I feel like doing so will benefit me and benefit this person that I'm sharing with. Hence the intimacy, right? So, yeah, don't be vulnerable with just anyone. Be vulnerable when it feels right, when it feels good, when it feels aligned. And it's feeling like good doesn't mean that it might not feel scary. It's also a practice. Like the first time I was vulnerable with someone, I was I was scared because that was, for me, sort of the first time I had been that way with someone and it was your romantic partner so it was very scary for me but i trusted that that was the right thing to do so even though like i was scared because it felt like the right thing to do because i felt called to do it i knew that i could do it despite the fear despite the fear and i've been doing it ever since and now i don't even feel that fear anymore like i don't absolutely like it's not something i even have to think about so super stuff (laughs) and with all these lessons know that all the lessons i'm sharing here today it's a practice it is a practice this spiritual journey ascension it's all a practice so not feeling alone or reclaiming that there is no separation and i am not truly alone from god from other people the honesty it wasn't like, okay, I've learned this lesson, bam. Super honest all the time. Super connected with God all the time. No. I had to do it again and again and again and again and again and again. And that's practice. Now it's relatively effortless for me, right? So, and like as effortless as it is now, I know that there's still room to grow. I know that if I learn anything new, I'm going to incorporate it and integrate it and it might take time. But if I'm serious, if I have truly decided, it will happen at the end of the day. Commitments, right? Like the quotes about commitment that God chooses not the people that are ready, but the people that are committed. I am committed to experiencing more of God. I am committed to evolving and being a better version of myself. I am committed to my soul growth, my mind expansion, and my physical growth as well. I'm committed. Like, this is for the long haul. So, a spiritual journey is really for the long haul. Like, if you're into spirituality because it's a fad, Oma, I'm sorry for you. Even though I don't think you are, like, based on the frequency we have here together and all of that. I don't think you are, but it's just, you know, something. So moving on to the third lesson that I've learned, letting go of fear. And oh my goodness, 
This could be a whole episode on its own. Fear is not as powerful as we think. Love has more power than fear does. But so many of us are ruled by fear. And it's so crazy. <laughs> Let me tell you that I literally woke up one day and I chose not to do fear anymore. I just dropped it. Like a quote. Honestly, I like <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it because I just dropped it. Truly. Like it was almost like I was wearing a coat and I just dropped it to the floor. That's how it felt for me. That is how it was for me. And this came after a lot of time living in that fear. Always questioning, always scared, always afraid. Like, huh? Only me? Only me? Scared of everything? What? It was exhausting. It didn't feel good at all. It felt horrible to be so scared all the time. And I know you are too. I know. Things are scary. But that's because of the lens we're looking at them from. Change your lenses. Drop them. Drop them, beloved. Look for where fear does not serve you in your life and drop it. Drop it. And it might seem so easy to say, but did I not just say earlier on that everything is a practice? I did. Dropping fear is a practice too, beloved. Practice it. Decide you want no more of it and practice letting it go. Practice letting it go from your hands, from your heart, from your eyes. Practice. And one day, just like me, you will drop it like a coat. If you already have, oh my goodness. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you're here. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> There's a meme like that, I think. Like, look at us. Who would have thought we're here? But look at us. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for you in this moment that you have overcome something that is such a hindrance to so many of us. And I pray that your journey keeps getting easier and easier. Earlier on, I was talking about how your shadow grows when you refuse to look at it. So all of us have these parts of ourselves that feel so much fear. All these parts of ourselves that feel shame and guilt. And we refuse to look at them because we've been told that those sides of us aren't okay. Those parts of us aren't okay. Or we don't want to remember certain things, right? When you are doing shallow work, a lot of things will come up. When you begin to realize you are not alone, when you begin to become honest with yourself, with where you are in your life and what you desire, a lot of fear will come up and you have to look at it. You have to confront it. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy at all. Even though it is so scary, it's so important that we do this work of like looking at these different parts of ourselves that don't really feel welcome in our body, in our mind, or our souls. Look at them and work through them. Look at them and heal. Are there certain patterns in your life that you see repeating? How do you heal from that? Are there certain hurts and things you can't let go of? How do you heal from that? Are there places in your life where you feel disempowered? How do you heal from that? So healing is a huge one in personal development and the spiritual journey. Like we live in a society where we're told this is this, this is this, this is this. And for a lot of us, that is not in resonance with our soul. So how do you go back to resonance with your soul? By unlearning all the things you've learned that aren't serving you. And that is what is largely known as shadow work. So I want to read a little bit of what I journaled concerning concerning this point. Sorry. Where was I? Okay. So I want to read a little bit of what I journaled on concerning this point. When I began shadow work... It was rough. I spent a lot of time alone, a lot of time crying, a lot of times with questions, answers, and more questions. The lack of certainty scared me, but I was constantly guided to how fear was not serving me. One day, I decided enough was enough, that this was bullshit, that I did not need to allow fear rule me, 
that I was choosing fear because that was my matrix programming that I could choose otherwise and reclaim the eternal gifts of power, love, and sound mind. I think that probably was why it was so easy for me to drop it on the day that I did. I was constantly being shown how fear was not serving me. And that's a huge part of how honesty like helps to serve us. It's like, yeah, it's okay for me to feel afraid, but how long will I keep feeling afraid when it's to my own detriment? How many opportunities am I missing out on or not even going for at all because of fear? How many things am I not reaching forward to? How many things am I not cultivating because of fear? I was seeing how in so many areas of my life, fear was holding me back from what I was desiring. So are you going to let your fear be bigger than your desire? Because it can be. Let your desire be bigger than your fear and you will see all that you dream of come to pass. And not just come to pass, but manifest in a way that is beyond your wildest dreams. Every time I put desire in front of fear, the miracles that happen, (laughs) the magic that happens oh my goodness don't miss out on that don't miss out on that at all at all so letting go of fear is very powerful and i want to send you some strength on your journey wherever you might need it i know that if you pay close enough attention you will see that if a literal lion or a tiger is not chasing you you don't need to be afraid baby you don't so, discard fear where it, no, where it no longer serves you. Moving on to lesson number four. The nature of life and spirit. I love this one because it amazes me every time. The nature of life and spirit. What do I mean by that? A lot of us fear death. A lot of us fear change. And how strange. Because this life was not made to be just one thing. This life is perfect alchemy. If you've listened to other episodes, you might have heard me say that nature is flawless design and perfect technology. So the nature of life is flawless. That is why regardless of religion, race, ethnicity, we see universal laws across the board being manifested. Death is something that a lot of us are afraid of. And while there's a human tendency, like, of course, right now, if you come and try to put a gun on my face, of course, I'm not trying to die. (laughs) But if death comes, I'm ready for it. To understand how these things happen has been just a big blessing. For instance, when I was going through the rough patches of shadow work, I realized that certain parts of myself had to die. So that I could be reborn. Like I literally had to kill certain aspects of myself. Because I wanted other things to grow there. And up till today. I am constantly. Constantly uncovering. The beautiful nature. Of this flawless design. So death. Rebirth. Seasons and cycles. Have been such an eye opening thing to me. Seasons and cycles, especially because they're sort of more tangible. Seeing how things change, seeing how there is a churning that needs to happen for things to stay alive, for things to happen. That is why we have summer, spring, winter, fall. That is we ha- why we have rainy season and dry season. That is why babies are born and old people die. That is why things are moving in the sky. You know, it's like the concept of Ouroboros, the snake that eats its own tail. Infinity. Don't forget, before you are your body, before you are your mind, you are a soul. And that soul is infinite. That soul exists in eternity. So, truly, life is the most transitionary experience there probably is. People find it a bit um, sad when you hear the words, this too shall pass. And it's usually like as 
said in comfort that oh this sad thing that you're going through is going to pass and like you'll eventually get happy but even the higher vibrational things even the positive things those two will pass you can't be happy all the time you can't be sad all the time everything is transitionary like i said it's a churning so really allowing things to process and understanding the permeation of spirit in everything that is all of creation contains the essence of the divine creator and finding ways to connect to these different expressions has been very eye-opening to me that is why astronomy and astrology has also been interesting for me because it helps me be watchful of the seasons in my own life journaling is another thing that has been able to help me so that i see the seasons in my life and i get to see it in connection with what is happening in the world what is happening in nature what is happening with the seasons what is happening within my body and everything is connected so this was just oh this was such an important thing to learn and i think out of everything that it taught me one big thing that it taught me was paying attention being watchful awareness i talk a lot about self-awareness on this podcast and if you haven't you can go listen to other episodes about it but awareness is so powerful right it is literally just opening to your eyes and being able to create whatsoever you desire being able to simply see is such a gift and not just see with your two eyes but see the things that are hidden see the things that cannot be seen because what you can see is oh so temporary but the things you cannot see are eternal and remember your soul is an infinite being so why not go there to eternity reach the last lesson the final lesson that has been such a i don't even know what to call it but the final lesson that has been such a blessing in my life has been feminine energy and if you do a search on youtube or instagram a lot of things will come up about feminine energy and I'm so sad whenever I see people discouraged when they hear words like divine feminine or divine masculine because pop culture has sort of made those buzzwords for what that energy is not really about. So feminine energy is not just about getting dressed and looking nice and attracting men and using like manipulative tactics to blah blah blah. I don't is even it's oh like it's even boring to talk about because that's not feminine energy at all. <laughs> anyway, feminine energy is one half of the coin. So spirit contains both masculine and feminine energy and us being from spirit we also contain masculine and feminine energy internally regardless of your gender so we have these two different sides to ourselves and the reason that that exists is so that there is polarity in our lives so that we can use our dominant energy to support the other energy that is necessary for us not just to survive but to thrive. So I like to think of feminine and masculine energy in terms of symbolism. And one huge one for me is the sun and the moon. The sun is representative of the masculine energy and it rises every day. It sets every day. It shines, 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 shines. And it gives so much life to the plants. It gives us lights to see and follow road and all those fantastic things the the male um, hormonal cycle is 24 hours it refreshes like that every day right so that's one way to understand the energy feminine energy is symbolized by the moon and how do we experience the moon first of all we usually only ever see it at night time 
and when we do see it sometimes it's a crescent sometimes it's half and sometimes it's a full moon and some nights it's not even there right like when it's a new moon and a woman's menstrual cycle her hormonal cycle is about the same length as um, the moon cycle which is about 28 days so these different aspects the way that the moon is the light of the moon is softer the light of the moon has a different energy an energy that really calls for more celebration not more like you know the sun where it's like okay now is the time to do all things i need to do when the moon is full in like ancient well i don't know if ancient is ancient is the word but yeah in ancient times and like times not too long past with our ancestors and everything like people gathered under the full moon to dance and celebrate because the light wasn't harsh but yet it was enough and it gave that energy of festivity and like joy and love and playfulness so you have divine masculine energy and divine feminine energy right and feminine energy is largely about receiving we see this even in the way the woman's body is is structured right like our sexual organs and stuff and the man's energy is or masculine energy is about giving that is again how like the sex is structured in our physical bodies masculine energy is about providing protecting it's about doing it's about accomplishing it's that when i do this thing i feel good when I'm able to accomplish this, it feels great, is that I have so much energy and I want to use those things to build. Feminine energy, on the other hand, is nurturing, it is magnetizing, it is growing. Feminine energy is about receiving, it is about receiving and then multiplying what has been received. It is about nurturing, it is about love, it is about destruction which people don't talk about often enough and creation feminine energy is more creative it is so many things and it is so largely misunderstood for a large chunk of our lives and the generations before us we've been living in the shadow sides of the patriarchy and here's the thing i don't think like in general terms I don't think living under a patriarchy would be bad, but we are living in the shadow side of the patriarchy, not the light side. So everything has its good and bad side. But because masculine energy has been hurt and has been miseducated, it is only showing the aspects of itself that are destructive. It is not highlighting the aspects of itself that are productive and loving and nurturing and good and stable and strong so because we've been living in the um, bad side so to speak of masculine energy feminine energy has been choked feminine energy has been i'm looking for a word other than choked it has been repressed right and then because of that, we now have a lot of feminine energy being expressed in its shadow qualities as well. So the witch wound and women like feeling like they should be scared of each other, feeling like they should be afraid and competitive. It is all part of that. So the light aspects of feminine energy are really going to help us heal the masculine energy that is so hurt right now and help things move back into balance when both aspects are healed balance will truly be found and this is more talking on a global scale but to take it down into the lesson that i learned from feminine energy is really that i don't have to always be doing i don't i do not i don't always have to be logical i don't always have to be rational i don't always have to have a list of accomplishments that i must do and if i don't do them i'm worthless i am not worthy of love i am stupid i'm an idiot and all these other things that we say so harshly to ourselves feminine energy has also taught me to tap into my more creative side my more intuitive side it has literally made every aspect of my life easier and like with many people 
I started learning about feminine, feminine energy more on the external. When I was much younger, I enjoyed being like girly and stuff. But then as I was growing older and like I was bigger than most people in my class, I felt like I had to sort of be a tomboy. And that was a fun era for sure. But then even when I was ready to go, even when I was ready to let go of the tomboy phase, I felt like I had to hold on to it. I felt like I couldn't go back to being a girly girl, couldn't go back to feeling pretty and being like all those things. And I just stuck to an identity that wasn't really mine. So when I first started learning about feminine energy, I was doing more of the external work by letting myself like feel like a girl again, learning more about makeup, focusing on skincare, wanting to look nice, wanting to appear nice, um, you know, learning things about elegance and etiquette and all of that. And learning all of those things helped me feel better. Like, you're never gonna catch me outside looking trashy. I always, always look good. That's because looking good helps me feel good. But that only goes so far. So when I learned all the external aspects of feminine energy, I realized, okay, this is not, this cannot possibly be all there is to it. So I started learning about feminine energy in relation to my own self, in relation to how I interact with the world. And by interacting with the world, I mean interacting with other people, interacting with money, interacting with my career with success with the things I wanted for myself and all these different aspects and I was and relationships of course and I was shown a whole new world I tell you like this is another this is one of those other things that there could be a whole episode about it because there is just so 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 much to it but learning about feminine energy and learning that feminine energy isn't just for women, it's for men as well. It really just, whoa, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Because if you're a man listening to this, you might think this is not relevant for you, but it absolutely is. Because earlier on, we talked about how healing is so important. And just a while ago, I was saying how like we live in the negative expressions of masculine energy. So part of healing your masculine energy, if you're finding yourself burnt out, if you're finding yourself only worthy of love when you do things, when you accomplish things, then those are the shadow attributes, right? And you can heal those parts of yourself by tapping into your feminine energy, by tapping into the part of yourself that is able to just sit back and receive, tapping into yourself that the part of you that is made to attract things, to allow things come to you rather than going after you. And again, that doesn't mean that, oh, I'm telling you to become a woman or telling you, yeah, don't work, don't do anything, just sit back forever and relax. No, masculine energy is your dominant energy. So of course you will still naturally want to go ahead and do things and be like the sun and shine and all of that. Yes, absolutely. But heal your feminine energy so that your masculine energy heals as well. And both healed energies can come together in a beautiful dance that is balance. A beautiful dance that is equilibrium. It is so, 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 so powerful. So, yeah, um, I think that is something that you should really take some time to research into and to just understand more about right so if you are looking for um things on feminine energy some resources i would i would recommend are on youtube first person i would say is check out is the universe guru whether you're a man or a woman just browse her content and pick a video that calls out to you i find that she has so much wisdom to offer on the topic and i've learned so so much from her um, I want to read another snippet from what I journaled on because I journaled quite a bit about the feminine energy. But yeah, let's just go through what I a little of what I wrote. Feminine energy. I wrote, woo, this is a biggie. 
So much in my life has changed through healing and feminine energy. It also allowed me to heal the shadow aspects of my masculine energy and have the polarities move and work in tandem. Re-educating myself on what the feminine actually is, understanding and nurturing it, reaping its fruits. Gone is the idea that the divine feminine is weak and to be stepped on. She is yin. She is darkness. She is destruction and creativity. She is discerning and intuitive. She is strong and delicate. She is powerful and full of rage, full of quiet and peace. She is never bothered about the things she can and cannot see because she knows she is made to receive from the one who feeds the birds and the fish. She is made to flow, to dance, to laugh and to play. She is made to support the masculine as the masculine supports her. She is made to magnetize and make everything around her beautiful and fruitful. She is divinity. Wow. <laughs> so cool. So, so, so cool. And honestly, I think maybe the next episode I do will be about feminine energy because oof, there is so much to get into there. But like I said, it's one of the hugest things that I've seen change my life. And I really encourage you to look a little deeper into it if you haven't and see how that works in relation to where you currently are in your life now. Honestly, all of these lessons I've shared, I can't even believe it. Without these lessons, I really don't even want to imagine where my life would be right now. Like I could. I could take the time to imagine, okay, what if I'd been stuck in the same mentality and paradigm that I'd been stuck in all those years ago? Where would I be now? I could. I could think about that. I could like write a whole story for you, but I don't even want to. I don't even want to. Because here I am right now. Here we are. Why would I want to be anywhere else? So I hope that you gleaned something from some of my lessons. And like I said earlier, um, I would love to hear from you. Know what your experience has like. See where we experience the same things. See where our experiences go opposite directions. And truly just learn from each other. And hold space and gratitude for our constant evolution really just being grateful for all that has been the bad the good the neutral all of it has brought us to this very moment now and i couldn't be more thankful so thank you for being here thank you for listening to this episode thank you for sharing this with someone you think will find it helpful thank you for investing in yourself and choosing love power and sound mind over everything that does not serve you. I hope I see you in the next episode. Take care.